The Man in Line with Andy Wint. Master my good afternoon. Welcome to Man in Line on Max Radio. Call one double six. Uh, sorry, text one double six one double seven. WhatsApp one double six one double seven. Call sixty six thirteen sixty eight. Email Man in Line and Studio at MaxRadio.com. Text in from uh, 166, freedom to flourish? Uh, I don't think so. I cleaned that bit up, by the way. Uh, the little shed at the Glen, Doon Glen, has become the latest business to call it quits due to spiralling cost. They've decided not to renew their lease after three years at Doon Glen, which has been uh, an unfettered success. I mean, it really has done well. Spiralling costs facing hospitality uh, being blamed on the situation. And uh, a rent increase didn't help from Defer as well. So they do hope to continue in some form at the shed itself. So um, well done to them and congratulations and making a success of Doon Glen. But now uh, it is no more. So there'll be nothing more. Maybe somebody will take that up. Maybe the uh, Defer have got a, uh, a plan behind all this to do something with the uh, the Doon shed, the little shed at Doon Glen. But um well, we hope so, because it's really, really popular with people. And the tourists, remember those? The visiting trade, the people who pay to come to the Isle of Man and use our heritage facilities. They like it as well. I know, but what would they know? Julian's on. Hello, Julian. Hi, Andy. Yeah, very sad to hear about the um, the dune. Um, I love going down that, Glen, and uh, it's a lovely little cafe, that's a big shame if that goes. Um, it is. Uh, let's hope that um, something can be worked out anyway. Maybe DEFRA have got something up their sleeve. Yeah. Well, well, make sure we keep that electric tram going as well. I mean, I seem to remember, wasn't it Daphne Kane said to me some time ago that um, will we all be driving in 10 years and will there be um, an electric tram going around the island? Well, we've, we've already got one. In fact, I think it was one of the first ones in the world, wasn't it? So. Well, it's old, and and I think one thing that needs uh, I'm happy to re re you know to point out again because it bears revisiting. We have a an industry st- standard permanent way. The tram lines and the infrastructure are top notch. They're industry standard. The only thing that's heritage about it is the rolling stock. So we could easily put. 21st century trams on those lines absolutely easily so uh, i think uh, and, and they did that in uh, blackpool a few years ago so we, we do have infrastructure ready to take electric trams just for the moment we put decorative heritage ones on yeah and um, i seem to remember at st john's there was a time uh, a um, turntable so you know uh, you could um put all kinds of different things on you could have the heritage ones mixed in with the usual uh, with, with the modern trams as well potentially so all kind i mean that was done in the 1800s so i don't see why it couldn't be done now well lots of places and certainly well britain fell out of love with trams for a while but they've come back and they're all over the place any visitors to sheffield or to to manchester 
to uh, Nottingham and Birmingham. We'll see. They're expanding. Yeah. Um, Southern Swimming Pool. Um, they started a Save the Pool petition four days ago, uh, both on their Facebook page um, and um, by hand on paper as well. The current grand total of votes to save the pool is currently 2,622 votes. Now, for context, that's almost double Julie Edge's 2021 election vote count of 1,343. For more context, that is 505 more votes than the chief minister, Alf Cannon, garnered. Um, And I think that kind of says that the public are sending a very clear message that they want the Southern Swimming Pool to remain open. Yeah, I mean, they're they're, Um, they're not direct correlations, but we take your point. Yeah, I mean, um, and if the decision to close the pool isn't reversed, I mean, I have to concur with Andrew, I think, who spoke last on, on um, on the Man in Line on Friday. I think it might be time that perhaps Julie Edge steps down from the DESC. Um, especially in light of the of the recent news about this um, as yet unexplained third of a million pound overspend at the NSC, um, that's on top of the one point seven million pound that was budgeted. Um, I mean, a third of a million pounds on the pool, and I can't see. I was in there the other day. I can't see anything obvious with it. It seems reckless to spend a third of a million over the budget given the current economic climate. And, you know, on top of this, the Southern Swimming Pool is paid for by rates as well as uh, receipts coming in. And it has a statutory board. So I'm not quite understanding. It's a public facility. And what other statutory bodies on the island make a profit anyway? I mean, we agreed the other day that the buses don't, but there's no talk about taking the buses out because they don't make a, a financial case. It will be interesting um, to know what the what the numbers are. If, uh, if DESC actually came out and said, look, the Southern Pool is X amount in deficit or this is how much it needs to be funded. I just wonder, you know, whether if a, a public fund were set up, whether or not that could be met. I mean, we don't know how much it is. We don't know how much they're they're in arrears. We don't know what the position is with profit and loss account. We don't quite know the balance sheet for that matter. So it would be nice if we knew. Remember, this is a public facility. As you say, it's a statutory board. We're entitled to know where the holes are. And also, as it's a statutory entity, you might say, um, I understand that DESC told them to shut the pool on a Sunday. Now, I don't think anybody at the DESC has actually ever run a business then because you ever try going to Peel or or any of the other pools on a Sunday, yeah. very difficult to get in, especially in that morning segment. Um, so from a business point of view, if they're trying to make out that it's not making money, well, you know, shutting it for three quarters of Wednesday when it used to be full of receipts coming in from the likes of the Buckin School, and then you've got Sunday closed all day, a red line through the entire day. Um, it's And on top of that, you've got that quarter of a million that wasn't spent on, on any of its uh, pool plants or anything yeah. else. And also the news that I've been seeing that a quarter of a million has been saved on the pension liability. So there's a liability on the pool that's disappeared, which, according to the Knight, Kavanagh and Page report, that should really release them of a lot of these burdens. I don't, I'm not quite understanding. 
Uh, I got a message in, uh, Julian. I got a note in from, uh, uh, actually, his name is Hector. Thank you, Hector, from Peel, who just said, I am appalled about the situation with the Southern Pool. If this were an employment tribunal, they'd have a case for constructive dismissal by the fact that they're they're taking away uh, the, the pool's opportunity to earn a living to secure its future. So it's death by a thousand cuts. Absolutely. And, you know, what are the consequences? Let's, let's say that there's going to be some losses. What about the consequences of the extra traffic wearing the roads out faster? Especially if you're adding on to that the buses that are going to have to take eight schools worth of kids for, tr- for um, school lessons, either at Peel or Douglas. And then on top of that, you've got three hours out of the children's day where they'd normally go around the corner. If most of the schools are within five to ten minutes of, of the Southern Pool at the moment, that's three hours because you know you're going to have to load the buses you're going to have to drive through the traffic to to the nsc or peel and then you're going to have to disgorge them get them through their lesson come back out three hours is probably conservative out of their day um and then you've got the extra um bit with the congestion on the road with people who just want to go for a swim in the public swims are the other pools able to take that amount of traffic is the uh, are the buses going to be more congested? Are you going to get a situation sometimes where you're waiting at a bus stop and the bus flies past, like you do in England sometimes, because there's too many people on the bus? Uh, as you say, now we're constantly being told that the the government here has a net zero target. This would appear to cut across the face of that in the fact that the thousands of people, it will be thousands of people in any 28-day period that will use the Southern Pool will now, should they choose to go swimming, will have to go somewhere else. Now, let's assume that a fair proportion don't go on public transport. It's an assumption, but let's say 75% don't go on public transport. There will be thousands of car journeys in the name of closing down the pool, to go elsewhere. That will increase our carbon footprint. Now, the government could say, well, that's just one of those things, never mind, isn't it a pity? Or they could come up with an answer to it and just say, why are you doing this? You know, it smacks of the fact that perhaps this is what they really wanted to do in the beginning, but they had to pay for Knight Cavern and Page to come up with a report that perhaps they didn't entirely like. No, I mean, the, the Knight Kavanagh and Page, I, I forget how many tens of thousands it cost, but it never suggested closing the pool. Um, but that seems to be the um, the idea of, the, of, of Julie Edge to close the pool. But as I just said, you know, there's more than double her vote have said they don't want the pool closed. So, you know, she doesn't have a mandate to do this. And if it's a statutory entity... Why are Tim even voting on it in the first place? I think this is a bit of a headache, probably, for, for Alf Cannon, probably. And what is the, the easiest course of action would be to remove the problem and try and work this one out. Because, you know, 2,622, and it's gone up since then by another four. Um, you know, it's, you've got to listen to what the people are saying. And, you know, you've got this £1.7 million pounds that, is, that she's uh, wanting to spend on the lights. And the sound system at the um, mm. at the Villa Villa Gaiety, you've then got probably two to three million pounds on the new wall at the um, 
on the promenade. And that's it. I you mean, know, obviously, things like, I mean, things like this and, and, you know, when the government bandies millions of pounds around, you know, obviously, with the four million pounds or what have you for Rosalind Ranson, there's the money that went over the uh, the budget on the prom itself and the, the ferry terminal in Liverpool. Now, these aren't in the same budget, but the public hears the numbers and just thinks the government is, you know... <laughs> perhaps playing fast and loose. You know, the government is willing to spend all these this amount of money. You know, we had the uh, the uh, Cape Brunner uh, COVID uh, in, uh, report, you know, over a million pounds, the Rosalind Ransom case, the money on the prom, the money on the Liverpool landing stage, and dear little Southern Pool in Castletown, a few hundred thousand pounds, and they're saying, well, forget it, and forget the people who use the pool. Yeah, I mean, we've been told that there's not enough money to look after the pool, but a third of a million has gone with no explanation into an over-budget spend at the NSC. I mean, where's the audit on that? And as you said on Friday, DESC are responsible for the NSC as well. Where's that 330000 gone mm. on a pool? OK. All right, appreciate that, Julian. Thanks for calling today. Thanks, Andy. Cheers. 19 minutes past 12. I just wanted to thank some people who stopped to help on Sunday in Balaf, Sunday morning in Balaf. Text to 490. We, we had a blind wallaby, blind wallaby with its joey, totally disorientated, ending up on the main road and the traffic. Thanks to a white van driver who managed to catch it, and the lady from Beach Buddies, the lady cyclist, and a chap in a people carrier. Thanks to everybody. Uh, not so much thanks to the people who hurtled through at speed. Must have been obvious something was happening with people lying on the curb. Also, thanks to the Wildlife Park for taking the Joey and Jane Callow for taking the Wallaby as well. Uh, this is not the first blind Wallaby we've had in our fields. It's not fair to these animals allowed to exist in poor condition like this. They carry Lyme's disease as well. Oh, crikey. Uh, as many horse owners who have lost horses know, they're a risk to motorists and to themselves. People need to understand that the Wallabies are not a tourist attraction. They are living animals and don't belong in this environment. We talked about that last week with uh, Lee Morris and exactly where 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 are we with the wallabies? Are, are they just a kind of, you know, light-hearted adjunct to the Isle of Man and we're, we're going to have them now? What do we do? Martin Perkins is here tomorrow. Now, interesting, former MP Martin Perkins was uh, one of the Garth MHKs um, elected in 2016. Um, elected top of the poll in 2016 but came a distant fourth in 2021 so we'll talk to Martin about how it was his reflections on that but he, he did quite a lot in Tim well no other member put three bills through the in the last administration uh, he put three bills through he was chair of the OFT chair of the planning committee and also um, the human tissue and organ donation bill you know Daniel's bill uh, the ban on sale and release of sky lanterns and the outdoor release of helium balloons bill as well so martin perkins is here tomorrow he's got he also supports photographic id on the boat so lots of opinions former mhk martin perkins on man in line tomorrow no matter how much you need to dig or how much you want to dump 
Fox Group Isle of Man offer an extensive range of plant hire, long-term lease and sales. We're the island's exclusive supplier for Louis Gong excavators with immediate delivery. Our machinery comes with a complete service package with finance plan options. Call John on 458946 to discuss your plant needs. Fox Group Isle of Man, part of the Fox Group of companies. New year, new tech. It's January sales time at Manx Telecom and you don't want to miss out on our fantastic deals. Stick to those new year resolutions for the Apple Watch Ultra and make a whopping saving of £200 when you pick one up in store. Be quick, when stock is gone, it's gone. To see the full range of sale products, visit mt.im slash sale. Terms and conditions apply. Conventional wisdom says that it's all downhill from here is a bad thing. Well, we politely disagree. We've moved our friendly branch team down the hill to the Santander Work Cafe at Market Hall on North Quay. So in addition to the great new location, you can use all the facilities of the Work Cafe and enjoy eats, treats and coffee from our awesome cafe partners, Noah. We've also extended our opening hours to 8am to 5pm every weekday. Now that's what we call a great move. Santander International is the trading name of Santander Financial Services PLC Isle of Man branch and is regulated by the Isle of Man Financial Services Authority. See santanderinternational.co.uk I began to struggle with the stairs but I didn't want to leave our family home. So my daughter told me about Acorn Stairlifts and their new showroom in Douglas. I was able to try the stairlifts and find the right one for me and the home I love. They were so friendly. The whole process was hassle-free and they offered the whole package from installation to servicing. Choose the island's first choice for stairlifts. Acorn Stairlifts, South Quay, Douglas. Call Acorn Stairlifts now on 672-414 or call into our Douglas showroom. This coming Tuesday here on Manx Radio at 6 o'clock. Join Kiri Kermud and myself, Simon Croft, for the new series of Countryside. We'll be taking a look back at the Manx Grassland Society annual dinner. We chat to the judge, Alan Webster, and one of the contenders, Will Duggan. It's been a difficult time for market garden producers on the Isle of Man, and I popped along to Rendu Farm in Jerby to speak to one of the leading ones here on the Isle of Man, Stuart Allenson. That's all in Countryside Tuesday here on Manx Radio at 6 o'clock. And don't forget, you can download or subscribe to the podcast for free at manxradio.com. The Man in Line with Andy Wint. It's uh, 24 minutes past off. I'm sitting... On a modern tram now, says Texter 942. I'm listening on the Benidorm to Alicante tram. What is true? The fantastic Wi-Fi on those trams. Benidorm to Alicante, one hour and 15 minutes, four euros 50, full fare, return. Why can't the Isle of Man run one of these? By, uh, by the way, all the buses and trams take mobility buggies as well. So it can be done, and remember... You know, if you think our tram system is just a museum piece, well, the only museum pieces are the bit that runs on the rails. The rails, industry standard, world-class standard, have to be to do that. So we could run modern trams on the uh, rails that there are. Eddie's on now. Hi, Eddie. Hiya. You all right? Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, good. Um, listening to Julian, he's more or less summed up everything I was going to say about the swimming pool. It's mind-boggling, isn't it? When we, you know, when we think about what we, you know, I'm I'm now fighting for the the, the ban on the wind farm, but twelve months ago we were all fighting, a, 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 you know, for the pool. Um, it seems everything we, we seem to be fighting against the government for everything at the moment. A suggestion on Friday night from one of the people that I usually have a chat with was uh, a very easy solution to the pool. 
and that's sack five of the MHKs, starting with Julie, uh, and you'd have the money covered straight away. <laughs> well, it's uh, a thought, but it's never going to happen, is it? Is it heck? But we could do, though. I mean, we've got 24 MHKs, and there's at least five of them do absolutely nothing. But anyway, that's another point. Um, Green-wise, um, I did say to you last week I was trying to get all of these figures and everything from the, the dormant um, wind turbines in America. I still haven't got it. But um, the other day I watched an absolutely fabulous program on Sky Documentaries, and it was called Ice on Fire. I recommend anybody to watch it. And what it does is it... it um, the whole program is about are we, how are we dealing with, you know, what we call the um, global warming, and there are so many things in the program I had no idea about, and like I've been emphasising all the way through, I'm a, on a brand new learning curve with all this, and some of the, the turbines that they're using in water nowadays are absolutely incredible. One called a pendulum, which they're testing up the Orkneys, and it's success 100% carbon free. The um, the underwater turbines, again, absolutely bang on. They're all 100% success rate and everything, and it's all carbon free, not like wind turbines. And where did you get the information from again, Eddie? From it's a Sky Documentaries channel. It's called Ice on Fire. Okay. And what and what I, could, I was going to tell you is uh, on Tuesday the sixteenth at two o'clock it's being repeated, and it's a t uh, I think it's a, a two hour or even longer than two hour program. But it is absolutely everything. Some things I mean, some things that really got the better of me was things like kelp. I, I had no idea that kelp is a thing of the future. Um, CO2 isn't our biggest problem. It's it's um, methane is is speeding the whole process of global warming up. If you believe in global warming, of course. Uh, but th this marine kelp, they can use it for everything, it, it, for food especially, for uh, cows, animals, so on. And it brings their methane levels down by about 70%. Yeah. Incredible stuff. And have you ever heard of biochar? Biochar? What's that? What it is, is throughout the world we've got uh, Dutch elm and uh, things that are affecting all our forests. Uh, one of them is a beetle. And what they, what these uh, beetles are doing is they're killing some of the trees in the big, massive forests and uh, and the tundra, so forth. But um, uh, uh, what these are doing in turn is because they're dying and dead, it speeds up forest fires, simply because there's dead dead wood in there to to burn straight away. Right, it's, it's causing more of that. But what they've discovered is if they cut them them trees down immediately and chew them all up and turn them into charcoal, then then they spread the charcoal back into them forests again. The, the nutrients are about five times as good, so the trees benefit from it and become greener and less susceptible to this beetle. And they're actually doing that in America. 
This and is bi- uh, biochar, it, so it's, it's, it's basically uh, dead trees turned into charcoal. That's it, that's, and they call it biochar. And it's, it, again, it's a, a great success rate. It's, it's proven that the forests are now uh, benefit, benefiting from it, and so on and so on. But for, for all those who want to know, it's on the, the, the programme's re- repeated again on Tuesday afternoon at 2 o'clock. Ice on, on fire. Sky, on sky documentaries. Right. OK, all right, thanks, Eddie. Watch it, Andy, you will love it. It's a brilliant programme. Good to hear from you, thanks for that. Yeah, this, I've never heard of that before, I don't know whether you have. Biochar, black carbon produced from uh, biomass sources, wood chips, plant residues, manure and other agricultural waste for the purpose of transforming the biomass carbon into a more stable farm form it's uh, it's just never heard of that before you learn something every day you'll learn something later on i don't know whether you can remember tt 1965 max radio 60 years old this year so we're um, we're celebrating some of the programs and the features that we've broadcast over the past 60 odd years we've got thousands of them including today the tt lottery draw TT 1965, June 1965, and the winners announced live on Manx Radio. Do you remember this? June 1965, the TT Lottery Draw. You got any thoughts on this? Uh, Go back to the Southern Pool, a a message in from Alan who just said, have we heard that much from the Southern politicians? Have we heard much from the Southern politicians? Did you hear what Dewan Watterson had to say? Absolutely furious. And if anything, somewhat betrayed by the government. I think the people of the South should feel thoroughly let down by the government at this stage. Not only have they been completely unable to make any meaningful progress on a secondary school, which we were promised years ago, Another kick in the teeth now with the idea that they are going to close the the southern swimming pool as well. Loads of options unconsidered. However, they seem to wish to press ahead without even really thinking about it. And it's, it just strikes me as being a completely unfair way of approaching the whole problem. One of those options is that the good people of the east of the island don't pay towards swimming pools at all. This is a, a national issue with local provision and the rate income that could be generated through that equality of swimming pool rate across the island would raise a further sort of probably hundred at least thousand pounds to help go towards this problem i do think this is a national issue and yet there are also another two swimming pools in addition to the nsc in douglas one at balakameen that the department of education is happy to pay and prop up whilst closing a facility in the south of the island so i, I just don't think that uh, all of the options have really fairly been considered i think that the people of the south should feel betrayed by the government at this stage, given the lack of progress on a high school that was known about the need for eight years ago, uh, the fact that we're now closing down this facility. Um, I appreciate as much as anyone that money is tight, but I don't think this is any way to run a country. I've got a note in from Andy. Only thoughts on that? By all means, text, email, call and WhatsApp. Andy dropped a note in regarding atoll protection for Alaman residents. Uh, Andy uh, just says, I'd like to make residents of the Alaman aware that the following item appeared on the BBC News Online on the 9th of January. Is anybody else aware of it? 
Holiday protection may not apply to people in the Channel Islands and the Isle of Man in future, travel agents have said. The CAA, that's the uh, Civil Aviation Authority, which offers atoll guarantees on package holidays, may remove Jersey Guernsey and the Isle of Man from the list. Atoll protection covers customers in the event that a supplier runs into financial difficulties. The holiday will go ahead as normal. And if it happens where islanders are abroad, they can be brought home. The CAA said it was Clarify who qualified for Atoll scheme in due course. Wow. Any thoughts on this? Have you heard about this, our friends in the travel industry? Is this true? Is Atoll thinking, or the CAA, the UK CAA, thinking of withdrawing Atoll bonding for the island? Typical, the providers will have to lodge a bond, and then if they go in to get into trouble, then that bond is used to complete the holiday and to repatriate people. But, um, wow, there's no recommendation, there's no decision, sorry, to close the pool. Only a recommendation, says Maggie. Uh, which uh, goes to Timbald. In fact, Timbald is on tomorrow. It's not a done deal. Come what may, I suspect the DSE is going to have to find compensating savings elsewhere if this is not voted through. Now, as a southern ratepayer, I don't want to contribute to any more uh, to that aged facility from my already excessive rates. Perhaps a poll tax pool charge will be more equitable. How many would then sign a petition if this were the option? I take it you're not a swimmer, Maggie. But thanks for your point. Good to hear from you. We'll, we'll know exactly because, of course, Tim will just broadcast live on Manx Radio, AM 1368, and the AM channel on your DAB as well. Thanks also. Um, now, the real reason that Castletown Swimming Pool is closing is because King Williams College is putting a new swimming pool in that will be open to the general public. Is that true, says Fred? I don't think so, Fred. I don't think that King Williams College pool actually got um, planning permission, did it? I think it got turned down. And more to the point, it's going to be a competition pool. That's meant, I think, the, the King Williams pool, which is would have been right next to the Janet's Corner houses, uh, houses is there for basically swimming training. And two things, it's going to be a longer pool, but also for competition pools, and for people who are training, the water has to be cooler. Several degrees cooler because you couldn't train really in the the temperature that's in a normal swimming pool because you'd be sweating anyway so i don't think on two but i mean i'd be willing to if anybody knows that but uh, i don't think that's the reason of course king williams college does have its own quite uh, aged pool a small pool there but uh, that's uh, purely for um, use from the school itself. My tram pass is £70. I get to travel as much as I like from March to October. Sometimes it's for pleasure, but sometimes as a form of transport, as it uh, isn't it green? I'd rather that uh, would they rather I drove everywhere else, says Grace. It's a point, Grace, isn't it? Do they want either they want us to be green or they don't want us to be green? We have infrastructure. We have a permanent way for uh, going down from Douglas to Port Erin. We have permanent way that goes from Douglas, from Derby Castle anyway, to Laxey and onward to Ramsey. So do you think with creative thinking that's something perhaps that we should be looking at? Of course, it will cost an absolute fortune. It will. But then again... 
it will turn us green, won't it? If we had trams, modern trams that went from Ramsey to Douglas, possibly extending down from Douglas to the sea terminal, then that would take hundreds, possibly thousands of car journeys off the road if people could get a tram along the east coast of the Alabama. Still keep the heritage ones for the for the tourists and what have you. But how about that? Now, is that pie in the sky or is it creative thinking? Steve's on now. Hi, Steve. How are you doing? You OK? Good. Yeah, good, Steve. What's on your mind? Good, man. Just this uh, swimming pool, you know, saga down in the Castletown um, about the government, you know, people feel let down over this. The government let you down everything. Over When was the last time the government listened to the people of the Isle of Man? They don't. They don't take people's consideration. They don't take people what they say. They don't listen to people. They don't take any values off people. They do what they want to do all the time, 100%. The government is just about bringing money in. All they, can, all, all they want is money, money, money. Anything that think, oh, this won't earn us money now, so we're going to close it down. How many millions of pounds do they waste every single year? They don't ask our opinion. They just spend it. Hands in the pot. Well, we need this. Like your know, landing stage example, Liverpool. Um, Liverpool. Just pick one thing. We're going to have this. It's going to cost so many million, and you can triple that with the time you finish. They just spend money like it grows on trees, and then they have got the audacity to say to people, "Oh, there's no money in the pot now. We can't have a pool. It doesn't earn money." And they take everything away. Look at the pattern they have. Look at things we've lost in the past. You know, I keep saying it, things we've lost that we'll never see again. Our kids will never see. You know, you've got the, um, the, the summer land, the crescent, the leisure, white city. Everything gets closed, closed, closed. Build apartments, build apartments. You know, that's all they think about over here and take everything away from people. Now, I I mean, what you mentioned, most of those things you mentioned were private enterprise, weren't they? So, I mean, the government will probably say, well, private enterprise should take care of that. Private enterprise should be building... This is the thing. The government, when should the government put the hand in their pocket? Let's build something for the people of the island. Let's do something for the people. All they do, Andy, is take it away. They take everything away, and their excuse is, doesn't earn money. Well, why don't they stop spending millions and millions and millions of our money on wasting it as they do every single year? They waste money, Andy, and that's all the government do. Hmm. Okay, all right. Appreciate that, Steve. Thanks, Andy. Good to hear from you. Thanks for that. Diane's on now. Hi, Diane. Oh, hello, Andy. Hope you're okay. Good, thanks. Um, I just rang in to say that what that gentleman was saying is that ice on fire... It's on the internet. I've just found it, and I'm going to watch it later. Okay. All right? Good. Okay, thanks, then. Yeah, bye. Good to hear from you. The Southern Pool is the latest line in a long long line of incompetence, says Colin. Guernsey's kicked out its chief minister. Jersey votes next week. When are we going to wake up and smell the coffee? Well, nobody's suggesting anything like that, uh, because we've got two and a half years to go to the next election. But in the meantime, two and a half years can see uh, a lot of things come and uh, gone. Remember, uh, the back end of last week, it was announced that um, the nuisance development isn't going ahead. The nuisance development on uh, South uh, North Quay in Douglas 
It's been uh, plans to demolish and redevelop the former nuisance building on North Key and Douglas have been refused following an appeal. So obviously the developer who was ready to put up many millions of pounds to do that up uh, has now been turned down because of the heritage value of nuisance. Nobody's doubting the fact it is very, very old. But is there anybody there who will put the money up to do something with it? Because I'm guessing that the owner of the site isn't going to be too willing to spend money putting it back. Now, who knows what's going to happen? Well, if nothing happens, it will end up looking like some sort of forlorn Banksy exhibition that it does at the moment. So what's happening at Newson's? The proposals to turn the registered building site into a block of 10 apartments and three bar-slash-restaurant units were originally refused in September 2022, with an appeal launched just days later on the 4th of October. The former warehouse is made up of two buildings dating back to 1786, which are said to be important survivors, illustrating the development of Douglas's Quayside and emerging industry of trade. When the initial application was refused, planning officers said the building in its current state could be preserved. At the time, Kell Properties hit out at what it saw as an injustice in allowing our side, it said, to only speak for a timed three minutes and yet five members of the planning team together with their consultant and also several public members were allowed to speak constantly against the plans. The reason for refusal from the Department of Environment, Food and Agriculture now states, notwithstanding its general condition, sufficient justification for demolition of the registered building has not been demonstrated. Moreover, the design of the proposed redevelopment, which includes demolition of numbers 22, 23, 25 and 26 North Quay, as well as demolition of the registered building, is not of sufficient quality to preserve or enhance the character or appearance of the North Quay conservation area which would be harmed. Kelman Limited has three months to challenge the decision by lodging a petition of dolians. Any thoughts on this? I noticed by the way uh, the old Villiers Hotel site has got some action at the moment. The digger, excuse me, the the excuse me, the the diggers are in there. That winter bug's going around, isn't it? Tell me which MHK in this term has done anything worth uh, while that has benefited the Alabama public. I can't think of anything. We've got one that even can't get a closed footpath opened again. Um, it's it's been there since 1947. I'm guessing this is the one in Williston. Is it used daily by many residents? It's been closed. Uh, thank you, Charlie. Everyone's more conscious of energy usage nowadays, so Manx Utilities has begun installing smart meters for standard domestic customers island-wide. With our smart living app available too, you'll be in control of tracking and managing your energy. No need to contact us. We'll be in touch when we're ready to fit your smart meter. Visit the Smarter Living page at manxutilities.in. Manx Utilities, delivering a smarter future. Welcome to the Ramsey Park Hotel, where there's always a warm welcome and something to enjoy. Make it special this Valentine's from 7.30 to midnight and enjoy renowned tribute act Ultimate Buble live with a rival drink and three-course meal for only £49. Or even better, make a romantic night of it and stay over with breakfast included and Prosecco and chocolate on check-in for only £199 per couple. For more news on food offers and events, call 818 123 or visit the Ramsey Park Hotel on Facebook. Are you concerned about your eye health? 
Holmes and Davidson Opticians in Douglas are proud to offer the Idon Ultra Wide Field Retinal Imaging and Heidelberg 4D OCT systems. State of the art machines that allow early detection and management of eye diseases. Don't wait. Book your appointment today and ensure the health of your eyes with the best technology available. Call 676 230 or visit homesanddavidsonopticians.co.uk now. In 1964, Manx Radio was born. Right the way through this momentous year, we are marking the nation station's 60th birthday. On Monday and Friday, the Man in Line closes with a revealing dip into the archives. On Wednesday's Man in Line, we revisit the architectural gems revealed over the years by Kelly's Eye. And Kelly's Eye will be on Gullah's Gargan at 5 on Sunday. And you can subscribe to all of our anniversary content online. Go to the podcast series 60 Years Serving the Nation at manxradio.com. Manx Radio at 60. Born to broadcast, happy to help. The Man in Line with Andy Wint. And remember, we're uh, dialing in 1965 after Man in Line today with the TT Lottery. Regarding the previous, uh, that nurse's accommodation opposite the old Nobles Hospital. Is it going to be around 70 flats or so there? What I don't understand is where will all the parking spaces be and the charging point for the electric cars? There aren't that many car parking spaces. And I think, Frank, it's, uh, this is part of our 10-minute um, city, whatever it is, for Douglas. So we'll have people legging it up and down Circular Road from Kensington Road. It's the future, apparently, although they're, they're still... They're, they're, it's, that, that's hanging on a bit, that um, old nurse's home, isn't it? They don't seem to be making that much uh, uh, progress as well. Instead of trying to cause further problems with our wild wallabies, we should try and help them with their health. We should introduce a, f- a few new wallabies from herds off the Isle of Man to irradiate them in breeding. They're established here now, and killing off something when we can help it is the wrong thing to do. Too much wildlife around the world is in decline, says 223. Well, Lee Morris was talking about this last week, the man who knows of what he speaks, because he's worked in Zoos. He is our uh, chief exec of the Manx Wildlife Trust, and he reckons that... <clears throat> Let's just assume that two or maybe four legged it out of the wildlife park in the 1970s. That gene pool is really, really shallow. And that can't be good for the health of the wallabies. So if we take that as red, what do we do? Do we... Uh, and he said, if you, if you keep wallabies in a, a zoo, and he's worked in one that did... Um, you have to go to a big book. There's a book, if you like, a kind of breeding book where you can breed wallaby with wallaby and enhance the gene pool. So what do we do? We do that. That's going to cost money. Let's face it. That will cost money. Anything regarding that. That's, so let's just say we do that. Do we decide that this is the way to go forward? That we will have wallabies. We'll proudly embrace Manx wallabies and we'll try and deepen the gene pool at least have some wallabies that can see for a start and then embrace them as Manx wallabies. A happy accident that happened in the 1970s that we own in the 21st century. Or do we do something different? Howard's on now. Hi, Howard. Hello, Andy. Um, I've just come in and heard you saying about the TT lottery. Now, I'm prepared to stand corrected on this, but I don't know, was there ever a TT lottery? Well, we're going to be broadcasting it. We're going to be broadcasting the winners uh, just before, just after Man in Line's finished. It's the TT lottery draw in June 1965, and it was broadcast on Manx Radio. We've found the tape. 
Ah, because um, I remember when it was proposed to have a TT lottery and the, the people in uh, the government at the time were opposed to it simply on the grounds, and it was... Um, uh, was grounds properly that they were betting on people's lives because the race was taking place and people prepared to bet whereas well with animals or uh, the national lottery and like that you're just on numbers I can remember the hospital lottery that didn't last too long but um, I say I'm prepared to stand corrected on this and I just don't remember the TT lottery um, as I say, they they threw the idea of a TT lottery out because of that, because uh, you know, betting on um, the riders' lives in a sense, which was not a good idea. So I don't know. Um, it's going to be interesting. You say this is on just after the. As soon as I finish, we're going to be playing. It's about two minutes long, and it's the winners of the TT lottery, nineteen sixty-five. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Uh, yeah, it we'll is. We'll find out. As I say, I can remember the hosp- uh, hospital lottery, and that ran for about three years. Uh, but that came out because of the uh, the fact that they wouldn't or didn't want to uh, on human um, humanitarian grounds that uh, the the TT lottery would have been a you know a nasty piece of work in a mm-hmm. sense. Well, we'll find out, Howard. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thanks for calling. Good thanks, to hear thanks. from you. Nine minutes. Nine minutes for uh, to before one. Now, Victoria said, "What's going to happen to the Buchan site when the school moves to King William's College?" <clears throat> Again, it's all happening in Castletown. Proposals to close the Southern Pool and opposite the Southern Pool, of course, that's a big footprint where the Buchan School is. Historic building, the Buchan School, uh, and adjuncts and lots of uh, play areas around it, for playing fields and what have you. Uh, and uh, it, it's only a proposal, but the King William's College. The, the people that own that and the whole thing goes together they're talking about moving the Buchan to King, King Williams College site uh, by Derby Haven I would imagine there's going to be they've probably done everything now they know they prepared for it all uh, but what would happen to that site? It's a big site. I'm just saying, and I'm not doing a second guess anybody, you get an awful lot of houses on that site, wouldn't you? An awful lot of houses. Who leaked the letter about the Southern Pool to Manx Radio? Wouldn't this be a breach of confidential information? And leave the person responsible open to promotion? Journalists never reveal their sources, Frank. Thank you. Who's responsible for not having a toilet at the main bus stop? It is astonishing. This has been mentioned before, our bus stop, our bus station, they keep on calling it, that line of bus stops with those um, ancient paint-chipped bus uh, verandas that they've got and the, the metal seats in this weather, freezing cold. Who's responsible for not having a toilet there? Well, you would imagine Department of Infrastructure. It's theirs... They're responsible for it. Des says, I've been at sea all my life, nearly all. I can't swim, so why should I pay an all-island tax for pools? Well, we all throw into the same pot. Not everybody does everything, do they? So some people don't swim, but they pay into the pools. Some people don't take part in sport, but they pay for the NSC. Some people don't drive, but they put tax in, and that goes to build the roads. The NSC pool is more than adequate. We don't need any other pools, says 645. Well, what happens in 10, 15, 20 years' time when Ramsey pool needs money spending on it? Or Peel pool needs money spending on it? Do we say then 
Well, never mind. There's one in Douglas. It can go there. The heritage value of the Newson site. Uh, are those aluminium windows and garage doors of a Victorian vintage, says 762. I have lovely memories of going to work from Laxey to Ramsey on the tram many, many years ago, says D. And who are the planning committee? When the man in line's not on air, call Manx Radio to leave your opinion for broadcast on 682 631. Who are the planning committee who wish to keep a building that's falling down? The plans look so much better, it's as almost as if the planning committee doesn't want prosperity for the Isle of Man. Your caller makes a valid point. Nuisance is an example of what's happened to the Golf Links Hotel. The horse tramway kicked into the long grass. Have these people any vision for the future? Thank you, John. Good to hear from you. Oh, and the lady that said, who are the new homestay people? Homestay Isle of Man Limited telephone number if you want to register for homestay. Registers, registrations are open for homestay. It's 820-620 if you want to register and uh, become a new host. 820-620, thanks to Ben Hartley on the phones today. Back with Martin Perkins for MHK tomorrow. W-I-N-T years serving you as the nation station. This is Max Radio. These days it happens every week, but in 1965, the idea of getting a big win in a lottery was relatively rare. A year after Max Radio was launched, the TT Lottery Draw was held. Manx Radio, of course, was there. In particular, John Grierson. Thank you for those kind words of explanation, Mr. Fred Farragher. And again, we say congratulations to you for getting this completely unsupported lottery underway for 1965. A word of interest, if I can get a word in edgeways, which I'm not going to because Fred is hovering very close to that microphone again. Here we go. Getting the 25,000 is a painful business, isn't it? See, it's only there yet. And Fred is far too close to the microphone for comfort. He's going to start talking any minute from now, I'm quite sure. Of course, point of interest here, the 1965 lottery, as I mentioned all the others, is unsupported. There is no guarantee from the government or anybody else that this thing is going to be a success. And it's hats off to Fred Farragher and to Howard Simcox and all the rest for getting the first lottery underway and paying out and the I'm full prize. The first ticket's going to be a shock for somebody that may be here tonight. A pleasant shock, I hope. Peter Neal is just, I was just asked Peter Neal who's standing next to me whether he's brought his ticket and uh, let's have Peter's reply once again. I couldn't have stood the tension looking at the number as it was read through. I'd rather hear the name if it's going to be there. <laughs> right. I brought my ticket as a matter of fact. So we'll just... Now here is the winning ticket for £25,000. The number MND 78,387. The name Mrs. A. Burden. The address... Parade Street, Douglas, Isle of Man. And a fantastic performance for the first lottery in 1965 because it's one person from the Isle of Man has won the £25,000 first prize and congratulations on the first draw. Fred is going to speak I any minute. Mrs. Burton will have cake on Sunday now. Uh, 
I might mention at this stage of affairs, of course, that the prize list of £79,000 has to be completed. The first three prizes are the big ones, but there are a whole lot of £500 prizes as well. So don't be discouraged. The fact that you haven't won the £25,000 prize could mean that you're still coming in for a draw somewhere or other. Good. We are still waiting for the tickets to be drawn and also for the remainder of the prizes to be announced. The second, third, fourth and fifth, I'm sure, have been drawn by now and they're just being scrutinized by those people of unimpeachable character, uh, an accountant, uh, a lawyer and the chief constable. Part of Island Life for 60 years. This is your Manx Radio.